Hey everybody, it's Eric Balance coming to you with the Resilient Minds Podcast, where I feature beautiful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts in their field, where they help us discover their X factor, their experience of life, only to discover how they were able to accomplish and find out their why factor, their big why, their purpose in life. So join me as we get to discover the beauty of our minds and how can we really continue to go after the biggest and most wildest dreams while we continue to pursue and manifest our greatest intelligence that comes from the heart. See you on the show. Welcome everybody to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm excited today. I'm really grateful. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we've been doing a lot of uh, podcasts recently and having such amazing guests. Uh, but today we have the amazing Dr. Sue Mort. Is it Mortar or Mort? Mort? Mortar? Mortar? Mortar. Yeah. Amazing like doctor. Mortar. Yeah. It's so good yeah. to meet you. I'm so excited. Good to meet you. Yes. Good to meet you. Where are you? Where are you right now? Where are you located? Uh, I'm in New York, in the U.S. And. Um, I'm sitting just about uh, 50 steps from the ocean waves coming in on the beach. And um, it's a lovely sunny day here, a beautiful, beautiful end of summer where we are. And, um, you know, and, and here I am with you. So it just couldn't get any better than this. <laughs> Grateful to have you. And for those of you that don't know, um, you know, Dr. Sue is an international speaker, master of bioenergetic theory and quantum field visionary. Uh, Dr. Sue utilizes the embodiment of high frequency energy patterns to really activate full human potential. Through different seminars, retreats, presentations, she really illuminates the relationship of quantum science and energetic medicine. So really focusing on elevating human consciousness into what we all really want to achieve, which is life mastery. So, you know, she's been featured in USA Today, a best-selling number one best-selling LA Times and number one best-selling Amazon author called with her book called The Energy Codes. So you have this seven-step system, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, to awaken the spirit, heal your body, and live your best life. Through these energy codes, Dr. Sue really provides different techniques to really un, uh, activate these untapped energetics and neurocircuitry in our body to empower the hidden awareness, hidden potential, and become one's truth, one's, one's essence, you know. Um, also founder and creator of Globally Taught Coursework, The Energy Coach, a multi-level body and personal spiritual development practice. So this Body Awake uh, is a, oh, it's amazing. It's like a, a yoga program focused on biosynchronization, which I love how it's called like best. I love that. Um, well, where you've served on different professional licensing boards, um, leadership, you know, providing guidance to healthcare practitioners, integrative approaches to healthcare, which is really exciting. I'm excited to hear about this and understand the difference between like uh, the faculty of different medical schools with at Michigan State and AAU. And you'll tell me more about this. So also featured on Gaius TV's Healing Matrix and co-host of Year of Miracles and Lifestyle Training. Um, so much magic that you've been given and, you know, honored member of Transformational Leadership Council. So, so much to go. I'm really excited uh, just to spend time, unpack all of this wisdom from you and just like hear more about you. So thank you again. I'm just grateful, grateful for your energy grateful for, for your contribution to society and grateful for the growth that you're offering to your community and the people around you. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure to be here. I look forward to seeing where we get to go with our conversation and hopefully we'll be uh, beneficial to everyone that's uh, plugged in. So I'm super fascinated and, you know, as a student of, of life, uh, which, you know, I know that you've been on this journey uh, and being curious of, you know, what our awareness gets to cultivate as we go through the path. 
I have always asked everybody these first questions of like, you know, it's these experience of our life that really allow us to cultivate our why, our perspective, our ability to really step into certainty or create it. And so I'm curious to know what was there or has there been or has there been a multitude of them? You know, and of course, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, 2020. But like, is there any defining moment that gave you the curiosity to say, okay, this is the moment that I'm going to step in and fully drive myself into that purpose, into that why. Yeah, I had a, uh, a very life-changing moment in the year 2000 and, um, and it lasted, you know, for about a year and a half with some significant happenings in my world inside of meditation. Now, prior to this, I was, you know, leading life the way that we all do, minding our own business, trying to do the best we can, make a difference in the world, help my patients, help myself, heal from migraine headaches and, and so forth. And I was drawn to meditation in, in an attempt to try to relieve some sort of pain pattern that was happening and, and uh, possibly connected to my migraines. And so I was missing work, you know, a couple of days a week for a period of months because of these headaches. And so I was really just seeking relief. And I began meditating and I instantly started having literally transcendental experiences, multidimensional experiences. My mind was just opening up into other realms. And it's kind of crazy because being a doctor, I was trained as a scientist and you know those kinds of things don't happen just out of nowhere. And it wasn't facilitated by any sort of medications or any, anything um, extracurricular at all. It just started lighting up. And uh, I began to recognize that this world that we're living in isn't really the world that we think it is. It's actually just a movie that we are in um, and that we are traversing through. And it is a projection of our own consciousness that we are here. And so I began meditating a lot and, and really getting into the science of meditation and what had been discovered about not only the benefits of meditation, but what might be happening within the central nervous system that was allowing for this, this waking of uh, the mind to these other realms or other aspects of our other states of consciousness. And so uh, one thing led to another. And fortunately, quantum science was coming onto the scene um, more readily, even than uh, when I was growing up, my father was a was a pioneer in energy medicine and really working with quantum science and the applications of that for healing. And and so I was very aware that the thoughts that we think are creating our reality and that we're we're shifting our realities based upon um, what our beliefs are and how we can release those from those beliefs and be available for something you know greater in some way than the limitations of our past story and the way it has honed our, our, our focus on thinking. And, and so in the midst of all that, um, I, I began to be able to tie together many of the principles that quantum theory were bringing for us, bringing forward, uh, and couple it with my training as a natural healthcare provider, and it began to make sense. And so I began really codifying what I was experiencing myself in terms of being able to reproduce these exalted states in consciousness on command. It wasn't, um, it didn't happen naturally uh, on a repetitive basis. I, I began trying to seek and find how to, how to return to these higher states of consciousness just anytime I would sit down and, and meditate. And, and I began to, to realize that when I was trying to do so, it wouldn't happen. But when I would stop trying, I could open into these higher states of consciousness, um, you know, readily. And so I began working with my patients with some of the things that I was finding. And I found that not only were my migraine headaches healing, but other patients were responding very well to the things that I started implementing. And so I began to really put these things together in terms of practices and um, and uh, plans of healthcare for people that began getting results faster and people were staying better longer in between their visits to me. And, and so I knew that I was on to something there and, um, and just began sharing it. And, 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 and a lot of that is the research behind 
um, what I put into the book, the energy codes, and and has been you know continuing to help uh, just hundreds of thousands of people every year in terms of really beginning to identify their ability to self-heal by regulating their own consciousness in terms of um, allowing for the natural states of healing that the body is intended to be in to be restored in our system, um, not only allowing us to heal ailments, but to truly activate a higher and higher state of awareness that we are able to utilize in terms of making decisions and coming up with you know, uh, new projects and, and managing our lives from a place of genius rather than survivorship. So I'll stop there and see where you want to go with that. But, uh, but uh, those moments in the year 2000 were pinnacle. They were transformative. I knew that, that the, the things that we're experiencing were, um, they meant something different than what I had always thought for sure. Fascinating. Uh, really love uh, the depth at such a like important responsibility that you've taken on just by like really stepping in immediately, right? Um, so going back to these higher states of awareness and higher states of consciousness, uh, I really am curious to know, you know, when you are talking about regulation, right? I think a lot of people uh, are prone not to not to know how to regulate, and so perhaps uh, by this type of regulation, and, and like anybody has access to this regulation. So I'd love for you to be able, maybe to to share a couple ways that people can maybe even right now anybody that's listening before maybe if they're like oh my god they had a really stressful day or they're listening to something. Uh, they're driving home right now, just to like put them in a state for the rest of the episode into a state of allowing this restorative activation to come through. If you can help them just like regulate themselves right now, if you're listening. Uh, sure. You know, so one of the things that happens is that people get, they become identified as the mind and we are more than the mind. We have a mind. We are not the mind. We're not a mind that has a body and has a spiritual presence of some sort. We're actually an energy being or a spiritual presence, if you will, that has a mind and a body that it invented basically in order to be able to um, move about in this physical world, driving cars and going to work and you know having, having the experiences that we're having. And because most people are identified as the mind and the mind is based in duality, most people have good days and horrible days. Uh, most people have, you know, a tendency to think, you know, wow, life is happening so great right now. I, I wonder how long it's going to last. Or uh, I found this person that I really love being with. I wonder if they're going to hang out with me, if, they're, if it's going to work, you know, or, um, or they're at the opposite end of that spectrum, wondering if it can ever be different, if it can ever be better, uh, because it is, you know, not feeling in the ways that they would like life to be uh, rolling for them. And the fact that we are identified as this mind-based um, uh, individual, we are stuck in duality. So there's a good and there's a bad and there's a right and there's a wrong and, and everyone's trying to figure out those distinctions. And we oftentimes project onto others um, in a way that is, is very um, ineffective and, um, and really inappropriate because we're, we're, when doing so, we're actually trying to get the movie to improve so that we can have a better life rather than realizing we're actually here projecting our own movie. We're here projecting our reality into the outer world. And, and because people haven't been taught that, we are victimized by our circumstances and we think our circumstances are bigger than us. When in, our, in reality, we, we have the ability to assign meaning to all circumstances. We have the ability to not have to assign any meaning to them, but to just decide that we're going to have a particular experience regardless of our external circumstances. And because people don't know that they have that kind of power, uh, they very rarely activate it or elicit it or uh, engage it in some way. And so one of the ways that we can begin to start to witness this this innate internal empowerment that we not only possess, but that we're made of, is to just start breathing in your belly. 
The moment you start breathing in your belly instead of your upper chest, you're going to activate a part of the autonomic nervous system that is designed to relax you. It's designed to oxygenate the blood more readily. It's designed to activate the parts of the autonomic system that are, that are built and put in place for digestion and filtering and cleansing and healing versus uh, reacting to an emergency or fighting a bear or what have you. And so those are simple nervous system switches that we can flip in the other direction that begin to allow the system to start to feel more anchored and open and, um, and calm because we are eliciting responses in the part of the nervous system that is designed to calm you down after the bear is gone. And so as we do that, we start to feel that it's easier to relax the muscles in the neck and the muscles across the shoulder and, and so forth. And as such, we can slow the heart rate by slowing down the breath. And when we do so, um, we begin to um, experience life a little bit more expansively. There is more space between our thoughts and there's more possibility that can slide in. More creativity can be present in the midst of what would have become just a defensive, reactive, knee-jerk way of living. So if you're driving the car right now, or you're thinking about work, or you're wondering how that conversation is going to go when you get home with your significant other, or your kids, or whatever, um, just start breathing in your belly, and I guarantee you it's going to go better if you can stay in your belly. But here's what happens. The moment we engage in a potentially activating situation or triggering type of circumstance, we start bringing our attention up into the upper lobes of the lungs and the heart starts beating faster and we start then it starts to send a message a signaling sequence to the the higher brain centers that are basically saying you know here comes here comes trouble here comes the potential danger be on guard be ready etc which changes our thought patterns it changes our disposition and 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 actually activates us into worst case scenario um, in preparation for being, being able to handle whatever goes, whatever way it goes. And the moment we get into that defensive stance, um, we're, we're creating the reality where that's going to be appropriate. So by dropping our attention lower in the body, breathing in the belly and slowing the breath down to maybe a six count or an eight count or a 10 count on your inhale and, and on your exhale before you take another breath, what happens is it starts to regulate the system right back down into a, a spaciousness of creativity and genius rather than um, survivorship and defensiveness and guardedness that you know, is basically a, a, a state that most people are functioning in most of the time. So just by doing that, we can start to build evidence for the subconscious to recognize, you know, wow, there is, um, there's something to this. And if I can sense and feel a difference happening in my body in this, with this simple exercise, what else could I do? And then the subconscious starts to become open to and exploratory rather than, you know, shut down and just convinced that life is hard and it's never going to work for me. And the kinds of things that, that we do end up concluding without, you know, without enough information um, in front of us. So I have lots of little things we can add on to that, but I just want to make sure that we're we're managing time the way that you want to and what needs to happen today. Oh, I love it. And so tell me now, based off of like this, uh, especially when we're going into this anchor, into this ability to stay calm, right? Uh, what made it for you to want to find this peace, this calmness? So when I had the headaches that I was describing and missing work and having to reschedule my patients and, you know, that wasn't working, uh, my headaches went away as this, as, as I had these, these openings in my own awareness. And alongside it, did the, did the, like the peace, did the peace show up alongside it or was the mind still taking over after the migraines were gone? So the, the, the peace presented the migraines disappeared simultaneously because I wasn't operating in a place of defensiveness and guardedness and having to think and pre-prepare and pre-plan and project into the future all the time. I wasn't worrying and stressing and compressing the consciousness in that way. Instead, I was really dropping down into a place of well-being, a sense of a sense of self 
that was that was so present. You know, here's another simple little exercise that people can do. Uh, maybe not if you're driving the car right now, but as soon as you get home, practice it or wherever you're headed. But if you if you take your attention onto something else in the room, something that's not moving, just something sitting over there, or maybe even to, to the doorway of your room, and imagine that someone is standing in that doorway that trips your triggers or that upsets you or something. And your energy literally is just going to it's going to fly into that, into the doorway. It's going to fly onto that object or just project your energy onto the, onto some object that's in the room with you. Um, and then, you know, you just briefly notice how you feel in your body and it's not so great. It's, you know, it feels kind of empty and what have you. And then consciously draw your energy back onto the self, just consciously pull it home, just grab it back and, and bring it home into your own system, into your own body and specifically low in your body, in the heart space and below it into the belly. And as you gather with just your intention, just gather your energy back home onto you, you're going to feel something different happen. So we know that the mind generates a flow of energy and those little packets of energy called photons, which are the most dense space of energy between energy and matter, um, these little packets of energy gather. So we are literally creating photon density when we call it back onto ourselves. And notice how it feels when you bring all of your attention inside your throat, inside your heart, inside your belly, deep into the, the pelvis and just land right there for yourself. There's something's going to change and you can feel it. And it starts to feel good and it feels warm and it feels solid like there's somebody home and there's a, a greater sense of self. And then just, you know, flip it over again. Just project your energy back into the doorway as if somebody's standing there who, you know, just ah, gets to you every time you think of them. It's like, boom. It just pulls your energy off of you and onto object, onto something else. And notice how that feels in the body. It's like it. there is a distinct difference that can be measured. You can sense and feel. It's very measurable. So then we can pull it right back onto ourselves. And I would, I would suggest that you practice this when you're sitting at dinner with someone, when you're on the phone with someone, when you're, when you're on a Zoom call with someone, you just call your energy back onto you. And it keeps you from, uh, at a subconscious level, feeling like you're under threat or that you're incomplete in some way, that something's missing, something's wrong, something's broken. And it will allow you to just land back home again, which which turns on the autonomic nervous system in the subconscious memory and mind into an orderly function that allows you to be in charge of you, to be proactive and to be engaging in a way that you would create instead of having to react to what you're afraid might happen in the next moment. And so this whole idea of calling it onto subject, calling your energy back onto you on self or subject versus throwing it onto object or other, we can start to feel that, wow, in an instant, I can move energy. I can move things around and it changes our reality. So this is what was happening with me, Eric. I was starting to recognize, whoa, you know, something, something is rocking my world here. And it is that I know from a direct experiential perspective that this world isn't the only one that we reside in. And so, you know, that's crazy talk, but I knew it. And it, I mean, I knew that it was true and I could feel it. So when I started to land on self in a more profound way, what happened was I was less reactive in various situations. Even when that person was standing in the doorway who would have triggered me, I could stay on the self and feel the empowerment of being able to manage the conversation and shift the conversations in ways and direct it in a way that ended up being peaceful and harmonious and, and leading things in a direction of, of collaboration and kindness instead of defensiveness and guardedness and protectivism. And so my relationships began to change. My health began to change. My peace of mind was definitely changing readily because my mind wasn't afraid of what was going to happen in the next minute because it was able to be more present and solidly anchored in the present moment. And in that present moment, we experience a sense of wholeness that worrying about the future will never create for us. It will never be satisfied as long as we're living, trying to satisfy something that's not even happening in, in this now moment. So it sort of gathers our resources and allows us to be, to be clear and integrated and strong in our thought processes and in our decisions in ways that when we're scattered and dispersed, it 
it seems nearly impossible to just make good, solid, you know, decisions. So, so for me, I hear, yeah. I hear ownership, a lot of ownership. We have to, you know, we have to, we are responsible for our experience in this life. We are responsible, no matter what someone is doing or saying or projecting onto us or how rude or how mean it can be. And believe me, I've been through some doozies. Um, it, is, it is ultimately my liberation to decide how something is going to run through my system and the meaning I'm going to allow it to carry in the bigger picture of my life. But what I have to do is teach myself, my mind, I have to educate my mind into the bigness of my choices, into the multiplicity of the options that I have at hand. And that's where people, uh, you know, they get into trouble because they, they, don't, they don't have access or they haven't had access to learning, how, learning what those capacities are. So we end up thinking like, of course, I feel this way. Look what you just did. Or of course, I feel this way. You know, look what just happened or what's going on in my life. And, and if we're in a stimulus response reality in that way, uh, we're, we're kind of duped. We're, we're going to be in a state of fear in a pretty ongoing basis until we flip that around, which is I, what I referenced to as this quantum flip, and that we realize that it's stimulus response. You know, science is showing us that we have an effect on our own DNA. And that our DNA has an effect on our environment. And that's pretty potent, powerful information that we can create an energetic reality that has an influence on our surroundings. You know, it's pretty wild what science is showing us. And so, you know, you talk about ownership. It's like, yeah, we have a tremendous capacity and potency as a creator in our life experience at large. And once we start to turn that on, uh, we have the capacity to truly be, um, you know, very influential in the in the quality of our own lives and our relationships as well. Interesting. Uh, I love how you touched on influence because, uh, you know, I always say that you know the first thing that we have to influence is ourselves. <laughs> and right. Ultimately, like this is such an important uh, catalyst in the way that we take responsibility, because if we can't even influence ourselves, which is what you beautifully like, you know, uh, shared here, especially with like the stimulus response, right, like stimulus, taking on that responsible role, we can then start to create this certainty in any environment that we walk into. Yeah, and it's this not, pardon me? This is, for me, this is beautiful. Go, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, it's not a manufactured empowerment. It's authentic. It's true. And so it doesn't have to be defended and it doesn't have to be recreated all the time. It doesn't have to be proved or we don't have to push and bully our way in to have some sort of power in the world. That's all based on the, this illusionary movie that we're working with. And when someone doesn't feel that solid sense of self, they start trying to take it from their outer world. They start trying to take the power instead of offer the true power that they are. And there's a very big difference. It's a subtle distinction, but it makes all the difference in the world. It doesn't need to be explained and defended, nor is it combative and manipulative where someone wins and someone loses. It's based in a greater truth that allows for everyone to be better because you're there. It allows for all of the possibilities to be considered and a choice to be selected that makes the sense from a natural state that will serve the most. And when we, when we can start to step into that sort of a reality, um, we start offering up solutions instead of just getting hours before the getting's gone um, and, you know, leaving it in a, in a zero sum sort of, sort of world exchange, which we're witnessing in our, on our planet at this time. And so there are other ways of operating that allow for all of the truth to be heard and revealed and unfolded and for people to have a voice without having to threaten someone else in order to be heard, you know? So I think our relationships would, would, would finally land in their orientation 
that they're meant to be if we can allow such things to be um, part of the equation sooner rather than later. I like it. I think that, you know, I, there's this component that I've always recognized and is, well, I haven't always recognized, but I always was curious about as, as a young boy is, you know, how do we follow this like inner inner being that we know that we're, again, at that time, I didn't know what it was, but it was just something that I felt and um, that I, I chose to make a distinction of not allowing uh, the things around me to dictate terms, because if, if we believe in something greater than ourselves, then at the end of the day, there's a reason for it. And so this curiosity that allowed me to come through regularly as a little boy gave me the resilience and the power to continue to go through all of these like uncertainties in life to then navigate and say, hey, <laughs> There's actually like th those were those were expressions or uh, things that needed to happen for me, so that I built enough of the strength in myself to know that hey, like it doesn't matter now what environment I'm in. There, I will find a way, or I'll just pave a path that will you know that will make it happen. And then, and I think that this is something that most people. Uh, is it faith? Is it, is it, is it uncertain? Like, is it, what do they, what do you think that they need or what, what would you suggest? Maybe not even think like, what would you just suggest that like, how can people start to like really build upon, you know, cultivating this type of resilience? What would you say? Yeah. You know, some people come at it from a place of faith, like you're describing. Some people come at it now, which is one of the things I love about quantum science is that, that, Quantum science shows us that when we intend something, it, can, it literally physically does have an opportunity to come into manifestation because we're focusing our minds and our hearts in this way of a certain vibration, which we would call devotion or intention or faith and trust and believing. And when those things are coming together and those energies are working together, we, we literally are being shown through science that we're creating it because we're believing in it. And, you know, that's pretty powerful stuff. So it's not like blind faith, like you just got to trust in something. It's like for people who have a hard time doing that, this is helping. Quantum science is kind of helping bridge science and spirituality. Those that are naturally spiritual, they can have that faith and just trust in a higher power, a higher being and belong to that and be devoted to that and be willing to take these risks because there's a higher good in it. And I like to allow all of it to be one thing, that, that everyone's actually leaning into the same thing. They're just coming at it from the place that works for them. But what it ends up doing is allows us to be creative. It allows us then to experience our own creativity. It allows us to surrender, to, to surrender this mind that needs proof before I'm going to believe in it. I need to see it. I need to, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. It's more like I'll see it when I believe it. And it's because we're starting to turn ourselves into an empowered own ownership sort of disposition and role in this life. And so, you know, what science is showing us is that the whole universe is packed into the physical matter that is us, that we're made of the universe, that we're literally made of the same elements and the same photons and the same, you know, subatomic particles that it's just compressed. And this has been a longstanding law of physics is that all physical matter is compressed energy. And that energy can be influenced by our beliefs and what we allow. So the whole thing comes together and says, you know, um, you're, you're getting what you're looking for on a conscious or subconscious level. You're, you're finding what you're looking for. And this is kind of the basis of, of quantum science. And so, and it is also the basis of spirituality. So, if we can believe that there is a higher purpose for everything, just like what you're saying, and that everything is serving your awakening process, if we can, if we can lean into the happenings in our lives with this attitude of, you know, there's something in this for me, you know, because if I'm in resistance to what's going on, I'm basically arguing for my smallness. And if I could just open my heart and open my mind and allow this too to be in service to me, it's going to end up showing me that I'm capable of more than I thought I was, that I can handle this or it wouldn't have happened. And that 
I'm, I must be bigger than this situation because I survived it and I got through this one. So I must be bigger than I thought I was because I'm still here. So if I can start to adopt that and, and, and kind of roll it into the present moment and say, you know, I, I apparently am capable of more than what I thought I was. And so I'm not going to let this potential situation stop me from trying or to stop me from believing that it could be possible for me. And what science is showing us is that if you'll just maintain that disposition, it is possible for you. And what spirituality has always been teaching us is the same. And if you'll believe and if you'll allow and that if you'll walk on as if it's so, it has a chance of becoming so. And if you don't, it doesn't. And so whatever disposition that we're finding ourselves in, um, it's creating our reality. And so I like to do this research and dig in so that people have a little bit more um, uh, allowance or courage or whatever it might be that is required to have the faith in themselves to step into something and to know that, that, that our minds have been the greatest limiting factor in our lives. And, and if we continue to allow the mind to run the show, we're always only ever going to end up in a world that is dictated by our mind alone. But we are more than our mind alone. We are a spiritual being, a huge heart presence. We are a creator in skin. And as we allow that to be, be true, uh, we start to see it because we believe it rather than having to uh, wait uh, to believe it once we see it. And, uh, you know, the beauty of that is we, we truly experience ourselves as, as having a, an active vote, you know, an active voice in the outcomes in our, in our life experience. This active vote, how many more do you feel uh, in this world are maybe expanding since uh you know over the over the last you know decade like what would you say has kind of been the shift in this like step move towards the active well based off of your kind of map of the world or or the way that you're you're seeing things uh meaning numbers of people is that or yeah, or like percentages or you know statistics like things that you're maybe more aware of that you know scientifically as well uh for anybody that's uh, you know, really curious about the numbers. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I've, I've seen direct research that speaks to the fact that when there are as little as 7,000 people um, focusing in the same vibrational frequency at the same time with their whole and undivided attention and potency, including not just their mind, but their felt sensation of, of a of an intention uh, at the same time, that it has an exponential effect on the whole of humanity, that it has a resonance and a coherence building um, capacity called critical mass to literally shift consciousness of humanity. So we do these things where we get people together and, you know, and bring thousands of people together focusing on the same love vibration or the same, you know, uh, forgiveness vibration or the same uh, beyond forgiveness, really creative essence and intention, intending um, at the same moment. And, a, and then a byproduct of this is that we're continually contributing to this critical mass for our humanity um, and the, the bandwidth of, of consciousness shifts under those conditions. The Institute of Heart Math has done beautiful research about, about uh, with, with um, probes planted around the world and being able to pick up on uh, shifts in the energetic of the environment uh, because of such activities that, that I'm speaking about. And, and so it kind of equates to somebody on the other side of the planet from where you're sitting is walking down the street and for whatever reason, they are forgiving that family member or that, that teacher or that coach or that ex-partner ex or what have you uh, for reasons they don't really understand. It just seems to be more fluid today and they have access to something that feels more comprehensive today um, as a byproduct of you simply doing your work. We change the we change the environment for 
for the whole bandwidth of, of human consciousness when we do our little piece. You know, I used to wonder how, how could I make a difference in the world? And when I got into the research, I realized that when I make a difference for myself, I make a difference for the world. I contribute in a non-local fashion uh, as quantum science is depicting. Uh, it's little particles that start vibrating differently in the atmosphere at large because of my conscious embodiment of uh, of my own empowered version of, of body, mind, and heart, and breath collectively. Um, and, and in that way, we do make a, a tremendous difference. Profound, 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 profound. Uh, I, I love listening. Uh, Dr. David Hawkins, I think it was in 2011, said that our the calibration of our consciousness on a global scale is about most people, uh, is around 205. Uh, I'm curious to know where you feel or if you know or if you've heard or if you've done any uh, uh, research based off of new levels of, of calibration or if that has risen or if you've read anything. I'm just curious to know based off of that. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of, uh, of Dr. Hawkins' work and had the opportunity of being um, present with him in uh, in some um, uh, some conferences that we were teaching, and we would speak backstage about about these things. And I don't know currently um, in terms of measurements. However, I know that there is research being done in this way of calibrating um, the states of consciousness of humanity, and and as well as individual leaders within it. Um, but I don't know offhand where uh, where that is uh, resonating. I do know that there are uh, many there there. I think that the, the best way I could speak to your topic is to say that there are more people operating at a higher than average frequency to where they were when he was um, uh, in 2010. I know for sure, um, you know, having this this reporting um, taking place. So, so I think it's in numbers and I think it's more of a groundswell that's happening because a lot of it isn't that we require a genius state to be able to elevate our consciousness. It's when authenticity is being increased and this internal authority that is developing in our, in our younger generation right now, which I love seeing that people, you know, they want to trust themselves. People want to have their own voice. They're they're saying, you know, just because you say this, that, or the other doesn't mean I doesn't mean I have to be the way you were in, you know, 20 years ago and 40 years ago and and so on. And I love that, even though the older generations are like young people today, what are we going to do? You know, that none of them want to fit into the structures that we that we built and we worked so hard for. And I'm like, that's called evolution. And and we're supposed to be, you know, with grace, reinventing this and reinventing this. And I believe that. Uh, and have experienced in, with, in working with the populations that I work with, uh, that there is a more of a groundswell of consciousness rising. It's, uh, it's sort of a, a, a bandwidth that is broad rather than having just a few that are peaking to these states that the collective is basically saying, you know, if I don't feel it, uh, I'm not going to do it. You know, if, if I don't, if I can't get with that and really feel it and align with it, it doesn't mean I need to just do that. I, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. And that is actually elevating our consciousness because authenticity is one of the highest vibrational frequencies. When we're awake to what is actually true for us and taking action on that and engaging and exchanging right there, we are pure. There's nothing in the way. There's no distortion in the field. It's, it's the universe is compressing into this funnel, into this channel that's hitting the earth, rising up and generating this body form that we're living in and we're not interrupting it. And we're speaking into that with clarity and trusting and moving and carving a path instead of constantly seeking. And a byproduct of that is our vibrations rise and our epigenetics is being able to influence our minds, our decisions, our processes. We're feeling the ripples of wisdom rising instead of shoving them down all the time and just living from the intellect alone. We're letting wisdom rise. And a byproduct of that is our vibrations increase as, as 
as a natural outcome, simply because we're not throwing distortion into the mix uh, with doubt and worry and, and projection and uh, suppression of what our deep truth is. So we're kind of in an awkward stage with it right now, but I think that something really beautiful is birthing for humanity that is going to allow for uh, a, definitely a, a, a consensus of, a, of an elevated calibration of what it is that you're, that you're uh, curious about today. Honestly, this was such a dear pleasure. Uh, I'm very grateful for your insight and, and everything that you're, you're bringing into the world. Uh, I know that we didn't touch too much on the book, but tell us about the energy codes and you know the seven steps. If, you know, and then if anybody wants to like get your book, where can they go and find it? Sure. Uh, so the energy codes is... It's a codification, meaning a, 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 it's seven different facets of our lives that we can look at um, and develop the ability to, to think and live and breathe in the ways that we're talking about today. How do we do that? How do we embody that is really what the book is all about. It's about becoming this conversation that we're having right now. Uh, because we are by design supposed to be living this way. And so, so it takes into account how to get in our bodies instead of just living in our heads. It takes into account how to clear old stuff that, that has us stuck in our heads at, at a subconscious level. Um, it, it, one of the codes talks about um, changing the body chemistry through how we think and what we think, not only what we eat, but how we think determines our chemistry. It, it, it has, a, it has a, one of the codes speaking about uh, what the role of love is in connection with the mind, how the how the heart and the mind can work together in a way that truly changes the mind, uh, because we're here to tame our minds. We're here to illuminate our minds, to liberate our minds from having to be the only one driving the show. The reason that we mess up you know, or feel like we're messing up is because we're asking our mind to do something it was never built to do in the first place. The mind is supposed to be serving the soul. It's not supposed to be running the show on its own and making all the decisions alone and, and in an isolated fashion. It's supposed to be tapping into our wisdom and our heart and what has meaning to us and what's true for us and then reporting on that. But we're like disconnecting it and making it do all the work. And no wonder it freaks out and, you know, it's doing all the things that it's doing. It's like, I'm not paying for this. So, so it teaches you how to reconnect it so that the mind is connected with the heart and connected with the deep gut wisdom. And that those three brains, the brain in our head and the brain in our heart and the brain in our gut can align and work together. And, uh, and so it, it also speaks about the fact that we are made of energy. The book talks about that we're, we have light that, that is at the foundation of our being is the highest frequency energy. It's, it's really fascinating research that's all put together. And I made it super user-friendly so that people would read it. And, um, and then, uh, giving people exercises in every chapter of how to implement, how to integrate, how to embody those things. So, so it's a great um, it's a great way for people to engage. And I also teach um, online courses all the time, and I teach some in person courses as well. And we go around the world to sacred sites and visit those those energy uh, spots on the planet that help enhance the healing and the integration and the higher states of consciousness, um, which is why those temples were built on those places all around the world. It was because of the energy of the planet. And, you know, it's just enhanced by, by the people going to those places for, you know, thousands of years, et cetera. So lots of fun ways for us to wake up and uh, to empower ourselves. It doesn't have to be, you know, a struggle where we feel alone and that it's just a, a huge mystery. So one of the things that people share the most about um, the work is um, is that it ties things together for people that they finally understand other things that they've been trying to work with or read about or or you know educate themselves in that that there is a weaving together of it all uh, in a way that really leaves them feeling empowered and you know that's the point that's the point it's not it's not so much what we know it's like what can we do with it right how can it change how can I embody it and and really learn to walk as that. Um, with ease and grace and joy and um, and flow, right? So I love that, and that comes to that responsibility. That that's like you know, once we embody that, what are we going to do with it? Like, how are we going to really, uh, you know, take that and uh, integrate uh, into the things that we're doing for the next generation? So yeah, 
if anybody wants to get a hold of you or where can they reach out and find out more information about any of the things that you're you're doing on online offline uh book uh where's the best place to reach you at sure so our website is dr sue mortar m-o-r-t-e-r so it's d-r-s-u-e m-o-r-t-e-r.com and it'll show you all the addresses for the social and all that stuff as well and show you lots of information about the background of the work and ways that you can plug into different courses that we're teaching online or in person and yeah, it's I'm pretty easy to find so um so I would just start there though that that's a great it's a great place. yeah <laughs> so last question before before we go uh, if you had three days left to live, what would you do? Uh, you know what? I would probably be in conversations like this wherever they could be. I would also um, be communing with where the water meets the land uh, on a beach someplace and um, and spend it with my beloveds and uh, celebrate this amazing thing that we do here on this planet. I happen to be aware of things that we do in other realms because I've been opened up to that for whatever reasons in this life. And I feel so honored to be able to share the information that comes together in a different way because of having that kind of direct access that I have a feeling that if it were my last day, I'd still be wanting to share that uh, we're okay. We know what we're doing, even when our minds are freaking out and that it's all always been okay. And that all we need to do is to drop into our true authentic selves and allow that experience to be true in our personal space. Uh, so I think that will probably be my last conversation that I'm having and my last exchanges on the planet when those days uh, roll into being for me. And uh, I know that it will be in a great celebration and uh, one of deep, deep appreciation for the opportunity to have been here. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Love you so much. My pleasure. So great. My pleasure. Much love to you. Thanks for doing what you're doing and bringing all these conversations together. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Minds. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure to go comment and like and follow us on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure, please make sure that if you really love this, to share this episode and make sure that you're inviting all your friends to like it as we continue to unfold what the beauty of our minds does. More importantly, how powerful our heart level of intelligence can be when we combine our heart and our brain together. And more importantly, make sure you take the time to take a look at what we're doing at Balanced Media Ventures and how we can actually really support you in doubling your impact, your income, and your influence, and how you can bring your life's greatest vision into your purpose and create it from that level of reality. Talk to you soon.